0: Today on The Topping Show, Trump is indicted again, Gavin Newsom wants to repeal a second amendment, Target is downgraded again, Call of Duty boycott begins, Indiana Jones is set to flop, Cracker Barrel joins Pride Month, Bud Light sales are down 60%, Carvana stock spikes 50% increase, Netflix password cracking seems to actually have a positive result, GM and Tesla to share chargers, and Toyota reveals a hydrogen car for the Le Mans race. All that and much much more on The Topping Show. Thank you for taking the time to do it today today's episode of topping show is sponsored by topping technologies topping technologies is an it value-added result and services company with a special proficiency in it security heck i see their founder least twice today God says say it's quite handsome and brilliant he's me that's the joke if you're an it leader or business owner reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. now going on to the business part of the podcast you have toyota revealing a hydrogen car concept for the le mans race also known as the le mans 24 hours or 24 hours lap le mans in which the title, as you might suggest, you want your vehicle to be able to actually travel and operate for 24 hours—a huge engineering feat in and of itself. Now, Toyota's Gazoo Racing unit unveiled their prototypes called the GRH2 Racing Concept. It's going to be for the new Le Mans 24-hour races hydrogen car category. This will be a fascinating thing to do. Pretty much anything they can do to keep the internal combustion engine alive, I'm a fan of, just because those engines, by nature, are much more exhilarating. Now. Toyota doesn't say if they know when it'll actually be race ready to hit the track, but they say that this machine is for quote unquote future competition. And they do have some experience with hydrogen cell prototypes in production. Specifically, they actually have their car, the hydrogen engine Corolla in Japan's Super Tayoko series since 2021. And it's GR010 hybrid. Hypercar took the top two overall podium spots at last year Le Mans. So a purpose-built hydrogen car like the GRH2. Makes sense. Pretty much just an extension of what they're currently already doing, going from the Corolla to, a, some would say, a true supercar. A little debatable. Now, other interesting automotive news, you have GM and Tesla agreeing to share EV chargers. Now, this will start in 2025 because GM has to retool, so it'll be 2025 onward, General Motors models, and they're going to utilize the Tesla EV chargers and the charging port. Very similar, if not exactly the carbon copy of probably the same contract that Tesla just signed with Ford last week. Now, this is an industry shift from the current industry standard CCS charging port in favor of Tesla's NACS, N-A-C-S. If you're not into EV cars or you're just kind of learning about them now, basically think of it as an HDMI cord versus an EVGA cord or different ends of the cords and different standards. So the more and more companies that adopt Tesla's standards and use Tesla chargers, that's great news for Tesla and their shareholders because obviously there's going to be increased revenue from them. Now, it's estimated that the GM and Ford deals with Tesla could net Tesla as much as $3 billion by 2030 and $5.4 billion by 2032. Now, this is according to industry analyst Piper Sandler, which, yet again, also shows how ahead of the game Elon was when he was thinking about the entire rollout of EVs, which the bottleneck of the whole technology is really the charging stations. You can't go cross-country if, or even get it to work if you can't charge it at specific locations. Now, of course, the next bottleneck being you know, how quickly can you charge the damn thing? Because some of us don't want to sit around and wait for an hour or two hours or however many hours it takes depending on if you have the supercharger versus the standard charger, that'd be the big way to win people over. If you actually refill and recharge an EV car in the same time, it could do the same thing for a gas car where my little Honda Civic, you pump that thing, maybe two minutes, up, put the fuel back to the top and that thing would travel about 400, 500 miles depending on, you know, how fast you're driving. Again, with the current technology we have now, not really a possibility, but time Mm -hmm. shall tell. Now, Going on to Netflix news, their crack- password crackdown sharing is actually yielding some positive results for the company. So the company actually boasted that they had its best four-day sign-up period for new subscribers since 2019, which is unprecedented how good that is. And again, this is a new policy in which if a person resides outside of the main account holder's home, they have to pay an additional $7.99 per month. So a lot of people are pushing back, saying everyone's going to increase their torrenting, just you know, illegally downloading the movies and TV shows. And apparently people are actually willing to pay for it, which I still find astounding. It's because on average, if you look at most businesses in every category in every industry, once you go from, if you get something for free, it is extremely difficult to convince them to pay for it. That's one of the reasons YouTube Premium, or whatever they call their paid YouTube, is just, I know one person that actually pays for that, and I still make fun of them every once in a while, but anecdotally speaking, just from my life, you know, talking to my peers and other folks, no one's buying YouTube Premium, even if YouTube, and they are, putting two to three ads per video. Now, luckily for you, this channel is not monetized yet, so there's no ads except Time Technologies, great place if you need IT, but, YouTube is increasing all of those ads and they're actually blocking the ad blockers, which many people suspect that's why there's less views on YouTube these days, and they're going over to other platforms such as Rumble. But time should tell to see if it's a good long term path for Netflix, but it seems like Netflix is once again printing money, making their shareholders happy. The other fascinating business use you have Carvana. Their stock spiked by 50% last Thursday. It's now back up to $24.43 per share. Now, it sounds good. However, keep in mind, the stock spiked at $370.10 per share. That was on August 9th, 2021. Now, interestingly enough, their stock going up so much right now has caused short sellers to lose about a billion dollars. So rudimentary speaking, people betting against a company saying, I think their stock is going to be worth less tomorrow than it is today, placing bets on that short selling and because it went up all those people actually have to uh, pay up on that bet so to say so it'll be interesting a lot of people is a father-son company they lost most of their fortune a little while back obviously the stock peaked at 370 per share it'll be interesting to see how long they can keep that idea alive I anecdotally I hear a lot of news articles and I hear a lot of people talking about all of the issues where it comes to game delays where you actually need to get the tags for the vehicles and vehicles show up and they got more dense than you can possibly count and of course it's not really the only game in town so i say a lot of other competitors are starting to come to the forefront with a similar service so the time starts us they can keep being an industry leader as some might say needless to say i'll be interested to see what happens to their stock now going on to the culture part of the podcast you have a boycott for call of duty coming to the forefront now Many people may not realize, but Activision is really a multi-billion dollar juggernaut behind the, pu- the making of Call of Duty. That being perhaps their own, their most popular brand in the past 30 plus years. Activision has actually been around since Atari. And one of the best games of all time is a River Raid on Atari 2600. It's got a cool blue cartridge. Best couple bucks, I'm sure it's on eBay these days, but good two-dimensional graphics. Got a little airplane going down a river, shooting stuff, refueling, blowing stuff up the good old days but nevertheless this all comes from a specific Call of Duty I don't know what you call a he's not a YouTuber he's not into the YouTube but a Call of Duty player aficionado he professionally plays Call of Duty makes a living off he actually has a package in the Call of Duty store where you can buy skins of his character and his guns skins being a term in video games where it's just the graphical design of the item now this comes to a response of Call of Duty player called Nick Mercs, N-I-C-K-M-E-R-C-S, he's a very popular player. And on Twitter, there's some folks talking about Pride Month and schools indoctrinating children with sexual themes where there were videos on YouTube showing teachers talking about adult concepts and adult toys. And Nick, everyone's saying, you know, hey, this happened in schools. And Nick simply said, quote, they should leave little children alone. That's the real issue, unquote, which, Wind back the clock, what, five, 10 years, or that would be a very uncontroversial statement. 20 years ago, it would have been unfathomable to even think you're teaching kids about sex at such a young age, as well as all these other themes. So, and for his great sin of simply saying you should leave kids alone, Activision Call of Duty just nuked him. So they removed all his stuff from the store so he could no longer make his living selling the merchandise from the Call of Duty digital storefront. They removed him from the game as well. And now, of course, because it's on the Twitter, thankfully a little faith in humanity is restored. They are getting ratioed quite bad. And one of the terms on Twitter that was trending a little while back was, "Call of" instead of Call of Duty, I had Call of Groomers. I found that quite entertaining and accurate. Now, Call of Duty had a real recent post where they said, hey, here's a pre-sale of this game, which is one of the dumbest, from a consumer perspective, there's really no limit these days, and I think South Park said it best when they're talking about the Xbox or the PlayStation, they had a pre-order, and one of the platforms would say, oh yeah, if you, you know, pre-order the system, you get a pre-order of this game, and Cartman eloquently said, hey, a pre-order is just a promise for something some assholes in California didn't design yet, which is true, and nowadays, it's all digital, a pre-order doesn't get you dick, like, it, it, there's no limitation with these platforms when release a system, it's basically just, again, it's usually hosted on AWS, Amazon Web Services, so it's on someone else's computer being stored and run. It's not like you're gonna get a cartridge or a disc in most of these cases anyway. So there's not really that physical limitation. So a pre-order, in my opinion, is the dumbest waste of money you could possibly do for a video game. I understand some things might be different if you wanna get a Porsche 911 GT3 RS, some beautiful feat of German engineering, as long as you get a stick shift as intended. that makes more sense, it's much more limited obviously because it's a physical product, but nevertheless, Call of Duty said, hey, here's a new, pre- here's a new game. You could piss away your money, or I mean, here's a you could pre-order this uh, important piece of technology you definitely need in your life. And their, their little tweet of the pre-order got 75 likes, which again, is basically nothing for enterprise or a business account or even account in general. Granted, it's way more better than the likes I've gotten thus far. At Nick Topping, N-I-C-T-O-P-P-I-N-G, if you want to see my Twitter. Now, they got 75 likes. And The Quartering, a very famous YouTuber, he said, Okay, groomers, his response. Now, his response got 836 hearts and 8 retweets. Now, other Twitters responding to the original Call of Duty post said, Call of Pedos, Modern War, Modern Groomers. That got 508 hearts and 7,320 views. Now, as a youth might say, they are getting ratioed like no other. And many people are saying they're actually uninstalling Call of Duty from their Xboxes or PlayStations, whatever platform they have, which is a good form of protest, I suppose, but it's not going to hurt. Unless you're doing everyday micro microtransactions, really isn't going to hurt Activision too much, unless they brag publicly or tell their shareholders, hey, we have this many active users, similar to a social media company, then maybe... But this certainly isn't the publicity that Activision needs, considering Activision Blizzard is trying to merge with Microsoft to make a large, to bolster their video game offerings. And they have governments around the globe saying, hey, we don't like this, we we're concerned about antitrust. And consumers also concerned about it as well. They don't need negative press, but they seem to enjoy it. Just kind of thought, hey, let's shoot ourselves in the foot. And many more people are starting to join this protest and many other top... Twitch streamers, a very popular platform for video game, I guess you call them performers or professional video gamers, they're joining this boycott as well. Because again, it's very, in my opinion, a very uncontroversial statement just saying leave the kids alone. Because again, there's a time and place for everything. I actually don't think public schools should be in the business of sex ed, all orientations. There's very few things I actually think public schools should do. But you're seeing this more and more and more. And I think some folks have finally decided they've had enough. Now, other interesting culture news, your Target stock being downgraded again. Now, for those who may not realize this, Target was brilliant enough to decide to have trans clothing, medallions, and other sexual themed items for children. Now, most surprising, well, it shouldn't be too surprising. The designer based out of the UK was actually a self-proclaimed Satanist. There were Satanic materials, and I don't say this in terms of emotional rhetoric from a Christian or conservative or Catholic perspective. I mean it is in literally satanic materials. There is a little pin or a keychain you could buy, and it literally said had a picture of Satan, and it said Satan prefers pronouns, and there are all other sorts of things as well for children, including there there's a swimsuit that was tuck friendly, which something again I would never have thought I mean I would have to research in a hundred years. But is clothing specifically designed for men to tuck their junk to a, so it looks like they don't have it? So they could pretend? It's a very bizarre situation. And in the first year, Target's done this. Target has had LGBT, LGBT uh, pride apparel for probably a decade. That really wasn't the controversial part. Most stores these days have that. And they were not previously boycotted. Just look at last year. But well, they introduced these new product lines, perhaps thinking they would address that new growing market segment, but because, again, it was with children, a lot of people started to have concerns around that, and they're starting to shop somewhere else, and this stock just fell another 3 so last week it fell 3.1%. It's near a three-year low. Target has enough issues already, they are on track to lose $400 million in store theft, because they don't prosecute crimes. You get what you deserve or you get what you vote for, whatever whatever you want, they allow and encourage theft by not prosecuting the bad guys. So that's a conservative estimate. They're gonna gonna lose 400 million, let me say that again, million dollars from theft alone. Now, in the past month, their stock has dropped 18.5%. So in total, they've lost 15 billion dollars Mostly in part to their decision to carry those products and target the kids. Pun moderately intended because the company's name is Target. Now, it's fascinating to see will they be able to actually pull it out of this nosedive? But apparently not. This is how the recent downgrade comes from the bank Citi, CITI. Now, they noted that, quote, the retailer who has supported LGBT pride for years this season offered merchandise that included female style swimsuits, they have the option to tuck male gender. All the products were labeled as, quote, thoughtfully fit on multiple body types and gender expressions and a gender fluid mug in a variety of adult clothing and slogans such as, quote, super queer, unquote, among items. This coming, unquote, directly from the city analyst. Now, the city analyst, Paul Luge L- or L-E-J-U-E-Z, so he lowered their stock from, now it's down to a neutral, so they pretty say still had it as a buy, which is as simple as it sounds when you talk to stock analysts, you have buy, neutral, sell. Or some call it hold instead of neutral, because you hold on to the stock if you have it, you don't sell it, you don't buy more. Pretty straightforward. Now, they also this analyst also noted the customers, they're not just shopping less, they're actually leaving in droves to competitors, such as Walmart. Now, Walmart has made a much more prudent business decision to one, they don't have those items at the front of the store, but Walmart is very much more geographically diverse. Now, when I say that, I mean many of the store managers have the autonomy and the purchasing power to make specific decisions in their stores. Every target or every Walmart you go to across the United States, they'll all have the staples, they'll have quite literally probably a swing line stapler, they'll have bananas, apples. But they have some freedom to make it a little more unique to the specific stores. If you go to a store in a certain city, they'll actually have a mug that says, hey, this city in this state. So they'll have some local apparel. And if you go to the Southern stores, I don't know about the Northern, just from my experience, but they actually carry Bibles and children religious materials as well. So Walmart isn't so much all one way. They do carry some pride clothing and some pride uh, literature, some aimed towards uh, young adults. I think it's like reading category. They sell pictures though, so, but they have those books. But they also have religious materials for children as well. So Walmart is, from a business perspective, being a lot more calculated in regards to their creating products for everyone. They're not alienating customers as Target seems to be overwhelmingly doing. So time shall tell to see if Target can actually pull up from this no dive. But it's becoming more and more of a cultural phenomenon and. Guess what? It's a luxury you don't need. It blows my mind. I have to kind of remind some people who are very, very fortunate in their lives when they think, Oh, I have to go to Target. I, I need to get my groceries. I need to get my stuff. I'm like, nobody needs to shop at Target. It is a luxury. I it, So many Americans have seemed to completely oblivious to the fact of what is a want versus what is a need. Target is a definition of a want. No one needs to shop there. It's quite literally just a more, really boot, I guess it's not boutique because they have a vast number of locations, but you can go to multiple grocery stores. Some of them are much, much cheaper. You're paying, a, you're paying a premium to shop at a, compared to the industry average, a cleaner store. You have higher end variety of materials and products, but every grocery store sells apples. Every grocery store sells steak, or they should if they're true grocery stores. but target is not a necessity. So I think you're going to see more and more people start to go away to their competitors because again you don't need to shop there. You Some people want to shop there and they slowly come to this realization. So time shall tell to see if they can actually pull out of that nosedive. Now other interesting cultural news you have Cracker Barrel joining Pride Month and some people are pretty darn shocked considering it's A country store or a country food store and a convenience store in full transparency I think I might have been there once when I was a kid I'm definitely not I don't know if I even am the target market I might have seen three or driven past three I I don't know how I've alluded them throughout my life now nevertheless Cracker Barrel was founded in 1969 by Dan Evans and as of 2020 they have 663 stores being globally headquartered in Lebanon Tennessee Now, this came from a company Facebook post in which they said, quote, we are excited to celebrate Pride Month with our employees and guests. Everyone is always welcome at the table, unquote. Now, hilariously enough, in terms of like a cultural shtick or a Twitter handle, I guess it's a Twitter um, trend, Cracker Barrel has fallen, has been trending on Twitter. Now, in the past, quite the opposite. The company actually has had some lawsuits and some protests against the company for traditionally being more faith-based, more conservative. And there's even some allegations, again, I believe they were settled out of court, that they might have let employees go because of their certain sexual orientations. And to see them make such a big flip is a little bit bizarre and interesting. Now, I wanna say the average person's average demographic is probably someone in maybe 75 to 78 years old. So I don't know if this is gonna necessarily increase their sales any, but, there's a lot of people speculating this is going to affect because they're doing it because of an ESG scores and get more favorable funding. They aren't publicly traded, but I don't think you are gonna see as much of a backlash compared to targeting the other stores and the other companies, that is, because in this instance, it's not really targeting specifically children in any way. As far as I can tell from their marketing materials that they presented on Facebook. They had a couple of pictures of families. And they had the red, not, I was about to say red, white, and blue, they don't do that anymore. Some companies still do, thankfully, but they had the um, the pride uh, color, or the rainbow colors on the like, old school cracker and barrel uh, chairs. So it looks like a kind of like old school old school-y patio. But I don't think you're seeing, you're not gonna see as much of a major protest, in my opinion. I mean, time shall tell their stock might just crash by 50% tomorrow, but I think for a lot of people it's different because again, the scope, that they are working with. Now, on the other hand, with more cultural news, you have Bud Light. Their sales were down 60% over Memorial Day weekend. And again, their stock is now down by $27 billion. This is coming off of a week in which they actually had a $15 dollars rebate for packs of beer that cost $14.99. So yes, you do have to pay tax. And you know for taxes, it's 8.25% sales tax. But they were doing those promos. A lot of people were wondering, why would you... Why do you have a uh, mail-in rebate where you're losing money or breaking even? Well, there are a couple reasons. Rebates are usually very rarely ever actually executed or fulfilled by the end user because it's a pain in the ass. It sounds good. It makes people buy the product because they think, oh, yeah, I'll get that money back. But again, you have to fill out the paperwork, which, again, we have enough paperwork in our life. Do you really want to do one more thing of paperwork? So you have to do the paperwork. You have to mail it, which... The U.S. Postal Service, Lord knows if it'll, if it'll ever get there on time or at all. And then they're apparently supposed to send you a gift card back. And again, with gift cards, those are actually rarely ever used. That's why a lot of stores love gift cards or selling gift cards, because they know the actual rate in which people use a gift card is very, very little. So they actually make a lot of money just selling a piece of plastic. It's very advantageous, which is why every traditional retailer will have them, especially at the checkouts, but that's why... It really wasn't cost, going to cost the company too much. Now, they were doing that because it increased their sales. So then they could tell Wall Street and other investors, hey, we increased our sales. Because technically, yes, you increased your revenue. Then, not so much about the profit, but they increased the revenue. So that, that was why they're doing all those mail in rebates. Now, it also came to light like that sales reps from distribution were making about an average of $2,000 less in May compared to last year. And Trending, continuous trending is on ballparks. So you have ballparks around the United States and you have these long lines of 30, 40, 50 people at the Coors Light or the Miller Light stand. And the person on the little cell phone will actually pan over and they'll go over to the Bud Light stand and there's no one in line, which shows how much of a cultural impact this has had. People hate Bud Light so much they would rather wait in line for, I don't know how long it takes to wait in line for that, 10, 20, 30 minutes to get a competitor. Like, if you're in a ballpark, and again, it's been a while since I've been there, but it's all about the speed. How quickly can you get back to watching the action on the field? And people were literally willing to wait all that time just because they hate Bud Light that much. And the cultural pushback has been that great because Bud Light thought is a brilliant, prudent business idea to have a spokesperson whose average age, again, is in their teens and cannot legally purchase the product. Yes, that was not a very smart business decision and that's perhaps going to be the business blunder of the decade. Now, Bud Light, in their defense, or rather more accurately, Bud Light has chosen to go down the same path in terms of, it seems like they finally chosen the new direction where they want to take the company. For weeks, they were acquiescing from any responsibility and basically just hiding in their basement sort of like a certain presidential campaign but they didn't really say anything against one side or the other now they did recently donate two hundred thousand dollars to the again acronyms gotta sound smart the national lgbt lgbt commercial of commerce the nglcc in support of its another acronym communities of collaboration initiative colo initiative the COCI. So they're starting to increase the frequency of their donations to uh, the LGBT community. They've done that for many years, but it seems like they're going to continue that and increase it to use that as a marketing mechanism to further the point that they are um, targeting that community with their new marketing initiatives. Time shall tell to see it's a, well, actually I was going to say, it's not a current good fiscal decision. That community is growing exponentially for here out of reasons in 10 20 30 years time shall tell to see what the trends are like but there's a lot of speculation are they doing this because they think of a long-term sales plan or are they do it just for virtue signaling or is it was just so they can preserve the esg score what regardless of why they're doing it that's the path that they've chosen to take and because their portfolio is so diverse time shall tell to see if it really has a if it has a impact big enough to completely obliterate the obliterate the blarand completely so they stop production of that which is save a lot of rainwater, and creek water and pool water and pond water i assume they use a filter maybe but you also have to ask yourself how long could it stay on the shelf and not move because i suspect those companies you know traditional grocery stores are starting to get pretty frustrated because again they'll make a lot of money in terms of how much it costs per unit it's very small percentage but it's all about aggregate adding it up adding it up selling pushing product if you have a product on the shelf that's not moving very frequently as it used to, or not at all, how long will you accept that fact before you exchange it for a product that does move much more frequently? Time shall tell to see if the short term is worse than the long term. Now, yeah. going on to the political news of the podcast, you have Trump being indicted again. A little bit of a deja vu. Now, this time he's been charged with 37 felonies, including 31 counts under the Espionage Act with, quote, willfully, wrongfully retention of classified records. Now, this has been going on for quite some time, and it's so ridiculously detailed, I do have to reference my notes quite a bit. Now, this started back in 2021 when Trump had a bunch of documents at Mar-a-Lago, and May 6, 2021, the National Archives asked for the documents to be returned and they estimated it be about two dozen boxes of records. This was to return in accordance to the Presidential Records Act. Now, the National Archives warned Trump that they could escalate the issue to prosecute if he refuses to hand over the documents. Fast forward to January, uh, January 2022. Fifteen of the boxes were returned from Trump, and the classified documents were discovered in their, in the documents they returned, so law enforcement was notified. May 2022, the federal grand jury issued a subpoena seeking additional classified documents. The DOJ raided his house later at the a estate. The Trump legal team signed a statement saying that they had all the classified material that was returned at the time. Over in August, the FBI executed a search warrant on the property found even more classified documents. Many, many documents. And one of the most ironic things about ADHD a little bit here, but one of the most ironic things, things about computers is that when the computer was invented, everyone thought, this is great, we'll never have to use paper again. And ironically enough, someone subsequently invented the printer and more paper's been used down there before. Granted, it's all renewable resources, so there's really not much of an impact. In fact, it's probably good to plant a bunch of trees. Nevertheless, it seems to be unique prosecution, but I also wonder why was Hillary Clinton not prosecuted for this? Why was joe biden not prosecuted for this why is mike pence not prosecuted for this but well, it seems that it seems like trump they're going all out i mean you had joe biden literally had boxes upon boxes of classified documents in a garage with his old corvette which and he was a vp at the time and vps According to the research I've done, they don't have the authority to declassify documents, which it sounds like the president could just believe with a magical wand. Granted, I'm sure there's a little BS bureaucratic um, little process, but they can basically make them so that they are declassified and it's okay for them to keep them. Also, I would never just out of curiosity, why do you want to keep so much damn paperwork? I mean, personally, I hate having to keep paperwork for my business just because you literally have to. It's all boring documents or receipts, but you have to keep it for seven plus years. And if it's something sentimental enough for the presidency, if you're a president and it's really sentimental, I think you just frame it and declassify it. But that's just my three cents on the little side tangent on the issue. Now, Trump is the only president to ever be criminally charged. The only one. Does that sound fair at all? I know many people have a great disdain for him, his, his personality, but just... Does that sound, does it sound like the law is being equally applied? It really seems like a lot of people are comparing it to a banana republic or a pejorative term for third world countries where you're literally targeting your political adversaries. Now, the government is claiming that Trump willfully and maliciously was high material. Now, again, I'm no legal scholar. I do own one or two ties as well as a suit, but I have morals. So I'm not, but it's one of those things where how are you going to choose, How are you prove he maliciously did something? When, again, I guess just knowing. Any, I, I've never met Trump, but just anecdotally, seeing his interviews, seeing his tweets. I would think it would be one of those things where he was just thought, "Hey, these are my documents. I'm the president. I'm going to keep them, and there will be a souvenir in mine. he has got my name on it." Granted, that was probably the worst. Mm, second worst impression you'll hear all year, I will not make you suffer again with that today. Probably. But it sounds like you just kept them. I don't know. Unless he wrote an email saying, I'm doing this because I hate someone. Or How do you prove malicious intent? And how do you prove he's going to sell it to another country? Now, it is so fascinating. And then you get Hillary, where literally she had an on-prem email server, which when you think of an email server, how many Americans have those on-prem? On-prem being, I guess shorthand for on-premise as in in your house. And she had her own email server. No one has that. I sell servers, my, my IT company sells servers. Granted, we only sell to businesses, but I've never heard of a single instance where someone had a server on-site in their home. Now, she also used a special software to called Bleach It to wipe the server completely when she was told that they wanted some of that data. Now, subsequently, her data was also shared with her colleague who was sleeping with a Chinese spy. But that person, of course, was not prosecuted because political affiliation. Now, the government didn't. Cho- the government made a decision that, well, she probably didn't do it intentionally or maliciously. It was probably just a mistake, and she's running for presidency, so we're not going to prosecute her. Because the government ruled or the thought track was, well, she's a presidential candidate. We don't want to cause any interference with this election. Well, that's interesting. This sounds like an exact similar situation, yet they're going full bore on Trump. Now, time shall tell to see what happens. There's a lot of conspiracy theories or people wondering, are Democrats doing this because they really think that they want Trump to be the forefronter and win the, the Republican nominee. And then Biden will just beat him in the big election for the presidential race. But because during his last indictment when New York targeted him, he actually raised, I think it was 34, 45, millions of dollars because everyone saw it for what it was, political persecution, just bullying him because of his political affiliations. Again, if they, it's one of those things where if he had any, I think, for the amount of energy and research people put into trying to put him away, they will have had something by now. And they've had it. They've been doing it since he won day one. Even actually before he was president, they were spying on him. That's it been proven. And yet, still, no solid evidence to actually put him away or prosecute him. So, personally, I think this is just going to galvanize his base. He's going to get some more votes, going to raise some more funds for it. And I don't think it's going to stick, but that's just my three cents. Now, other interesting political news you have gavin newsom introducing the 28th amendment gavin newsom being the democrat from the hellhole i mean uh state of california rampant with uh, a lot of great things like literally losing more people than they ever have in history as they migrate to free states that don't want to steal a majority of your paycheck and i don't mean that as a i don't mean to be hyper uh i don't mean mean to be uh over-enthusiastic or blow things out of proportion. That is quite literally one of the things. they tax taxed so much between state and inc- federal tax, more, well more than half of your paycheck goes to the government in that state. Now, the quote came out was from Gavin Newsom, quote, Our ability to make a perfect union is literally written to the Constitution. So today I'm proposing a 28th Amendment to the United States to do just that. The 28th Amendment will enshrine the Constitution, common sense, gun safety measures that democrats, republicans and independents and gun owners overwhelmingly support while leaving the 20 while leaving the second amendment unchanged and respecting america's gun owning tradition unquote now i almost had i almost threw up it's such bs beyond all belief no gun owners are going no one who even knows the proper names for guns the actual no no one who knows the difference between a magazine and a clip or a semi-auto or full auto no one with three brain cells is going to support this well i should say americans will not support this now the amendment would raise the age to buy a gun from 18 to 21 disgusting unconstitutional because again if you're 18 you're paying taxes you're a u.s citizen two mandate universal background checks disgusting that's because, by de facto, it would create a national database. It also mean it, that you couldn't sell a handgun or any gun at all to a family member, friend. More micromanagement, bureaucracy by the government in order to jam up the system, discourage you from exercising your Second Amendment. And again, it would create a national registry where the government knows every transaction. They would know what every gun is. And if you look at any history book, I Know Schools Don't Teach It Anymore, that's never worked well. It's always... And Ted Cruz, one of the few points he made... During a I think it's a Senate briefing briefing, he actually said quite eloquently, there's only two reasons they they want a national registry is to tax the guns or to take the guns. In that respect, greatly admire that statement. I think is an accurate statement from Ted Cruz. Now, what else would this twentieth Amendment do? It also, so those are two first moles on this, or tumors more accurately, it also institute a waiting period for all gun purchases. Disgusting. Is there a waiting period when you want to go vote? Oh, I want to go vote today. Oh, I'm sorry, you have to wait two or three weeks. You have to wait six months. What? How does that make any sense? It doesn't. I remember anecdotally from my personal experience growing up in a Soviet Union, also known as Illinois. You have to wait about a week. A week? You're in trouble today. What if you have an abusive ex? They're knocking at your door. The police take them away, but of course they release them because it's a, it's a, you know the DA's are there don't prosecute crime how do you defend yourself you can't you they are forcing you to be a victim a disgusting unamerican and unmoral thing it's very few things i think they are more disgusting than that act by a government oh and the fourth bullet point it would ban assault weapons which again a term without a definition is useless now this is the perfect example of the brilliance and the importance of political analysis as well as polling analysis. Now, this term was chosen years ago because anti-gunners did a poll. They did a bunch of research and they asked people, what term do they find the scariest? Hunting rifle? Eh, grandpa's got one in the back room. Those been around for hundreds of years, so assault rifles, but that term isn't scary. Wooden stocks is a brown wooden stock and a rifle. That's not scary. Okay, that's not bad. What about sniper rifle? Well, I mean, eh, it's a bolt action. Bolt action has been around for over a hundred years. Eh, it's not too scary. Assault weapon. Oh, good, good. Oh, good gracious. It's a black rifle? We must ban it completely. We need to get rid of these assault rifles. Johnson? I don't know who Johnson is. It's just kind of a cliche thing. It sounds like a government name and a voice. But if you ask three different people who hate guns what an assault rifle is, you'll get three different answers probably six because they split multiple personalities but no one is defining it now if you force them tell me what this is the rare answer you'll get is they'll say a semi-automatic rifle which again that's basically every gun made the only thing you're left with are revolvers which again not to piss off the guys who love wheel guns They are beautiful pieces of craftsmanship, handmade, hand-assembled, handcrafted revolvers are beautiful. The Colt Python is amazing. But you have revolvers, a lever action, cowboy movies, and a bolt action. More than 50% of rifles sold in the United States are the AR-15 pattern rifle, named after the Light Company, an aerospace company based out of California, ironically enough, over 50 years ago armor light rifle ar-15 now the issue is they had the assault weapons ban in the 90s three different analysis by the government itself showed it had zero impact on mass shootings or crime it literally is just prosecuting or making a rifle look bad because of the pigment it's a black rifle must be bad they don't care about the ruger mini 14 Functionally, they are both semi-automatic rifles accepting detachable magazines. So again, they want to ban assault rifles. They don't know what those are. That'd leave most Americans completely defenseless. And again, we've had semi-automatic rifles for over 100 years. John John Moses Browning, as well as brilliant men in history, a mechanical engineer unrivaled. His design, one of the best ones being the 1911, which some call the Colt 1911, since Colt manufactured many of it. But as engineered in 1911, over 100 years later, enthusiasts are still using that pistol. And guess what? Semi-automatic. You pull the trigger once, you get one round down the range, or shoots one round. It's an overwhelming majority of firearms. And again, these laws will do nothing against the bad guys. A more prudent approach would be trying to actually address the issue and not put a band-aid on the problem by only passing laws that will hurt law-abiding citizens. Now, a lot of people are wondering, why is he proposing this now? He's been sitting on his ass ruining the state of California for more years than I could count or more years than I would like to think. But why now? There are a lot of speculation he is basically virtue signaling or doing this because he he knows there's not enough votes to get this passed but he's doing it to prime the primers attempt to become us president which time shall tell again it sounds crazy and it kind of is but it whether it's technology a car sale politics the incumbent has a big advantage because they're already there and in terms of political fortitude, well, fortitude and cognitive fortitude and cognitive abilities, the 2020 midterms were the best midterms in decades for Democrats. Joe Biden is going to drive that point home. He said he was in charge. That was the, one of their best years. There's supposed to be a red wave, more like a red drizzle. They did great compared to historically speaking results when it comes to midterms. Traditionally, whoever the president, usually the midterms, the other party gained some, a lot of seats in the House and Senate. That didn't happen this year. Republicans got a couple, which is also pathetic. They're stri- the head of the RNC was not fired as they should have been. Again, it's almost like they're addicted to losing. Time shall tell to see who comes out on top. But Gavin Newsom, is, in my opinion, is doing this now because he wants to prime and run for president. But again, this bill will do nothing. And you know who's a lot smarter than Gavin Newsom? Well, a child or anyone, actually, with more than three three and a half or four brain cells is smarter than him, but founding fathers are infinitely smarter than him. Something that drives me, annoys me so much is when people talk about gun restrictions and gun laws and they say, well, you know, back in the day, they only had muskets. You know what they also had? They had cannons and battleships. US citizens had military grade hardware. I know it's a cliche marketing term, but in the sense I'm using it now, they had the exact same materials used by militaries. They were private militaries back in the day. Private companies and private citizens had their own battleships. They had cannons. And at the time, those rifles were state of the art. I know now, in retrospect, it looks very old-fashioned, but at the time, that was the leading edge of technology in firearms. And yet people say it's outdated. Well, I would say human rights are never outdated, and everyone deserves the right to defend themselves and their family. And hopefully, more Americans agree with me, and they start to realize that is their duty and their right and their God-given privilege. Now, going on to the business blunder of the day, you have Indiana Jones and the dial of virtue signaling. I mean, that's not the actual name, but that's what I'm calling it. Now, just to give you a sense of this film, although calling it a film might be an insult to film just because it's probably not worth the not cellulose there's a special material film is printed on but just to reiterate give you a perfect example of the embodiment of what this movie is i want to play a little clip of the preview Hitler made mistakes and with this i will correct them all you stole it and then you stole it and then i stole it it's called capitalism Ah, uh, she is perhaps the most perfect definition of insufferable. You stole it and then you stole it and you stole it. That's capitalism. No. but in her defense, she's probably like modern college educated, which is where they get these ideas. That's not capitalism at all. I make a product or a service, you buy that product or a service. That's capitalism. Now, that's a perfect embodiment or sign of what this whole movie was and is Now, I haven't seen it yet. There are clips that are coming out to the public and early releases so that reviews are coming to the forefront. Now, this movie is supposed to be two and a half hours long. And I always have to ask myself, who the hell has that much time in their hands? Two and a half hours for a movie? It blows my mind that some people are, the same people who struggle to be, and again, I've been there because I started my own business. I've had times where you have to make this, decisions between eating and keeping the business afloat i know there are hard times but yes i can't help but think it's ironic or interesting the same people who complain about not making enough money or struggling the same people will go and watch a movie for three hours two and a half three hours and they'll do the i don't know what the kids call it the netflix and chill where you just spend a whole day on the couch watching the netflix it's almost heartbreaking how many how few people want to make a dent in the universe these days nevertheless i digress now the movie is two and a half hours long, which begs the question do they cut anything? Probably not. Now, the early reviews have come out 54% on Robin Tomatoes. And what are people saying? What are these movie aficionados? And again, these are people that are pretty biased. A lot of them are getting the movie for free or they're being invited to a premiere where there's a little bit of a conflict of interest because you want them to be reinvited again. But even they are saying, quote, over long and no thrills, no fun, unquote. Another one said, quote, basically, Dial of Destiny is just a compendium of old bits from earlier films. That it ends at all is a blessing, unquote. Now, again, we should have known this going in because it's Disney. And again, the perfect metaphor for modern Disney is a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. If you do that on a photocopy machine, You just get a crappier and crappier and poorer quality image. Now, allegedly, there's new material in these films. Allegedly. Now, of course, it was going to happen this way. So they have Harrison Ford, who, again, is about 80 years old now, I believe. And the first movie, I believe, is 38. Now, basically, the movie is having him being the cliche, foolish old man, now going up against a strong feminist, constantly correcting him. Because who doesn't like a movie about a guy being nagged all day long? Now, of course, the main actress in the film, she is his woke, patronizing granddaughter. And she is the film's hero, which is almost painful. Seeing Harrison Ford and some of the other original actors from the original three good films. Again, Crystal Skull was garbage. Another continuity error. Why him to his son, LaBeouf, or LaBeouf, depending on how you want to pronounce it. In the fourth film, the Kingdom of Crystal Skull, that was his son. Are we just? Are, and again, I know this isn't supposed to be a high equal. It's supposed to be not be a cognitive test or you know really intellectual experience. But are we just? So you're just supposed to pretend. Oh yeah, his son just never came back. He's gone. What? That again, more ridiculousness. Now, the office prediction for the opening weekend is sixty million dollars, which is well below the previous film, Indiana Jones and the, and the uh, Crystal Skull. That movie was released 15 years ago, and even that movie is pretty cringe at the time. Now, that opening weekend was 100 million dollars, and that went on to make 790 million dollars worldwide. Which that movie was much more unique than this movie in the fact that they brought Harrison Ford back. The the trilogy, kind of like Star Wars. If it's the originals with Harrison Ford, it's worth watching breaks so many hearts that he actually got pulled back into that franchise. But that movie that's about seven million dollars. That was because Harrison Ford was back. It was a fifteen year so that's fifteen years from now, but I believe it was maybe a couple decades between the last because I think what was it? The last Crusade, I believe it was 89 or it, it's been decades. So him back on the silver screen that got every fan back in there. They didn't even have to make a preview. They did, but just having his name on the marquee and on the posters, they were going to sell tickets because it was he's back. The nostalgia sold. They're trying to do that twice. And the Crystal Skull was... It sold tickets, yes. But purist and most people who have more than four and a half brain cells. The story was just way out there. And Shia LaBeouf there's a lot of controversy on what people believe. He's a good actor, a bad actor, but I don't know a lot of people who are rewatching that movie. I'll just say that. And of course, there are a lot of unrealistic things where he got—he survives a nuclear bomb being exploded because he hides in a lead fridge. Which, sure, it saves from the radiation until you have to open it and then the fallout. But it also, it blew him across the town, literally blew up. But so that movie made 700 million, 790 million dollars. Okay, that's a unique experience. He was a, it was a unique thing. He's back. They're trying, again, trying to copy-paste. Or just do copy-copy, rather. He's already been back. He has a great voice. He should do more audio books, audiobooks, in my opinion. I'd pay for that. But he's back. But even in the previews, he looks tired. And there is a certain masculinity, as well as a beauty of, uh, for females, with aging with grace. And there's certain limitations. There's certain things. But they have him bombastically riding a horse throughout like a subway and um, again some people age gracefully and they're in great physical shape and they look the part i mean selfish, people like Sylvester stallone still work out every day he's jacked and for him like the expendables that movie it seems very fit it's also playing into the cliche or the shit that it created and em- kind of like embracing the meme now but i digress going back to this I'm trying to think of a polite... Is there a polite way of saying pile of dog shit? Pile of dog excrement? That's fancy. But... So they're estimating the cost. So the production cost to make this film... Indiana Jones and the Dial of Virtue Signaling... Was $295 million. Partially because they're paid a lot of CGI to de-age Harrison Ford. I think that's... Which is way too ambitious. The technology is getting better, but... A lot of the critics were saying... It looks cringe. It doesn't look like him because, again, it's a computer. But it cost him $295 just to make the damn thing. Now, keep in mind, this is before marketing. Marketing, the industry average, they estimate about 2x. So let's round up to $300 million to make it. That means they have to spend about $600 million to market the film, to get the word out there. So... In order for them to break even, they need about $1.2 billion of box office. Or rather, actually, they need to make $1.2 billion, which means the box office needs to be greater. Because again, the box office is split. I mean, the box office is how AMC, Cinemark, the theaters make their money. They also make it off $15 and $25 pop bag, things of popcorn. But again, they share it. The, total box office that's not all going to Disney they're sharing that so they need to make about 1.2 billion dollars do you think this will make that well I, guess I can't hear you guys say it in the comments but no there, there is no way this will make 1.2 billion dollars if it was you'd have to be a great script one but you'd also need better actors better actress like Harrison Ford can still play Indiana Jones he's the original actor i think the role should die with him there's debates on if this girl is going to be the new indiana or i guess no that's his name indiana Jane. Oh. there's probably some way you could change the name to make it female but there a lot of the speculation they're going to prep her for her to be the new indiana jones figure but does anyone really want to see a movie about a grandfather and his annoying ass granddaughter just complain at him throughout the whole film and they make him look like a helpless old man that it's almost heartbreaking for any true fan, which, again, people are hearing these reviews. A true fan doesn't want to go and see someone they greatly respect, see some of their idols be shit upon. Again, pardon the French or whatever vernacular they want to use for swear terms. But it's just disappointing and sad. But it's not unpredictable because, again, it's Disney. Bob Iger, the CEO of the current trajectory of the company, is going the way it's going to go. But in terms of a business blunder, there's no fiscal way, even with globally, with China having a huge market, no one, it's not going to make $1.2 billion. And again, even if it did, all the stars aligned right and they made $1.2 billion, that's breaking even. That's terrible for a business, especially Disney. Bob Iger's instruction is to cut cost of content not just making content but licensing content and they're laying off about 7,000 employees throughout uh, um, that's their goal for the whole year i believe sort of break even on a project that's got to be the business blunder of the day it's probably up there in the top here let me know if you want to have an actual award for business blunder of the year I might have to do something like that but i digress thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today cannot thank you enough for liking subscribing commenting all the feedback is greatly appreciated. Also, don't forget to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone. Just stay safe and fight the good fight.